Let's get spooky, everybody, here on Ooh Spooky, the podcast that asks the question, how you doing? <laughs> also, it's about uh, ghouls and ghosts, mysteries of the unexplained. It's a, that's also the title of a book, Mysteries of the Unexplained, that uh, is here, and we, we go through five stories each week. We being me, Adam Knox. Me, Peter Jones. And me, Luca Muller. All right. If you've not listened before... God, you've picked a good time to start because I've got a feeling this is going to be the best episode in the world. Best episode yet. Yep. Best Number episode of any podcast. If it goes how we've scripted it <laughs> <laughs> beforehand. I remember someone had asked once, like, how much of the podcast is scripted? Not about this one, but about a different uh, one. Oh, really? Like, zero. zero. <laughs> I, w- I would zero. never bother doing it. If it was <laughs> that is the only good thing about podcasts is that you don't have to prepare. Other than Pete, who has the book and reads from it. And has got a pretty extensive note system on how to pick out the stories and stuff. So yeah. thanks, Pete. They're an <laughs> absolute lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> but it means that we've got five more stories to go through this week. Pete, give us the first. The first story comes from the section titled Unearthly Fates. Something had been eating the ears off living hogs. Jesus, <laughs> straight in. <laughs> deep end shit. <laughs> Strap it! Reported the Jasper County News in Mississippi in January 1977. God, I love calling a pig a hog, by the way. <laughs> hog is a way better word. <laughs> Gonna take me a part of that hog. It's also such a funny story to have in the newspaper. <laughs> Something's eating the ears off the pigs. <laughs> what else? That's all I know. <laughs> hey, oh, so the pigs are dead when they're being eaten. Nope. Nope. Living hogs. <laughs> One victim belonging to Joseph Dixon of the Nazarene community had its had had its ears sheared off so cleanly that the job might have been done with scissors. <laughs> the next the next night another hog was attacked in the pen and a third hog the following night. On the third night Dixon <laughs> saw an animal in the pen. It was bigger than the biggest German shepherd, he said. (laughs) So it was sort of big. (laughs) 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 I measure everything in German shepherds. Might be like a small German shepherd? No, the biggest one. (laughs) Yeah, they must have just been visited by like a circus that had a big German shepherd. (laughs) How big was it? Remember that dog the other day? (laughs) Oh, Ramsey. Ramsey the hoop jumping German shepherd. Bigger than him? Well, he was the biggest German shepherd I've ever seen. <laughs> he describes everything in terms of German shepherds. <laughs> well, that was finer than the finest German shepherd. <laughs> yeah, I know my cake tastes bad. I put a half a German shepherd salt in it. I couldn't do the calculations correctly from cups to German shepherd. I'll take you to be my wife, and you are more beautiful than the most beautiful German shepherd I've ever seen in my life. Well, I'm hotter than a German shepherd in a spa. <laughs> <laughs> it was bigger than the biggest German Shepherd, he said, and could jump further than any dog in the world. <laughs> now, we know German Shepherds are capable of getting big, but any type of dog couldn't jump this far. <laughs> I was abandoned by my parents and raised by wolves, and I turned out fine. <laughs> I gotta go, it's half past fucking Chihuahua. <laughs> A week later, Calvin Martin, a neighbour, found that the ears of one of his sows had been pulled out by the roots. Oh. I can't believe Questlove did that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just Jimmy Fallon like Quest. Uh, that is that story Jesus <laughs> Alright So I don't understand Because I, I didn't know Ears had roots Like no, that's no. revolting That is fucking disgusting Like teeth Ugh. Teeth attack I lost my baby ears <laughs> uh, My dog Which by the way Not a German Shepherd no, Relatively no, no. small dog She's a Cocker Spaniel Loves Smaller than the smallest German Shepherd <laughs> <laughs> No smaller than some German Shepherds But the smallest one Was probably tiny Anyway Uh she loves to eat pigs. Dogs love pigs' mm. ears. They sell them at the pet food yeah. stores and yeah. stuff. I don't know why the ears specifically. Yeah, that's true. I always find them real gross. They're like vacuum Veins sealed. all through yeah, them as yeah. well. They look fucking oh. disgusting. Like mummified ears, kind of. They look f- weird. So there's no suggestion of a solution to that story. Other than Just that... Just a, a big animal. An animal in the pen bigger than the biggest German shepherd who could jump further than any dog in the world, <laughs> which is quite the claim. <laughs> as, a, as a dog judge. Uh, <laughs> why did he see the animal jump far? I can guess it. I, like if it jumped over a jumped fence, high. it would have jumped quite high. Yeah, it's but like, jump far. He jumped, jumped over a ravine to escape <laughs> me. <laughs> Any dog in the world <laughs> Unless he just doesn't think Dogs can jump very far He just kind of walked off The size of that thing It jumps so far Get out the Guinness Book of World Records And tell me how far The furthest Dog jump ever was Give me a measuring tape And about three hours Of spare time Yeah And obviously I Well I think Joseph Dixon Did it himself Nibbled those pig's ears off Nibbled those pig's ears off And was like What did it uh, Some kind of animal Yeah How come this is only Happening to your hogs Joseph Dixon Maybe tomorrow It'll happen to our neighbours yeah. And why did he do nothing It happened one night And then the next night And then the night after And he's not like Waiting out there Or yeah. putting the hogs Somewhere else Well or... he saw an animal In the pen Yeah the Bigger fact... than the biggest German shepherd <laughs> That does sound, now that you mention it, some, like a child making up a lie. <laughs> jump further than the biggest, furthest dog ever could jump. <laughs> the fact that one of them was sliced off cleanly as well means he definitely did it. And, or, the, and or an animal a, would eat the rest of the pig too if it wanted to eat a pig. It wouldn't just nibble the ears off. <laughs> and then it was being sexy. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? And go carry it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he had a dick bigger than any German shepherd I've ever seen. You knew what to do with it. Could come further than any German shepherd. Any dog in the world. Any dog in the world. Uh, if you show me a dog that could come further than that, <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> that would actually be my second favorite thing. My first favorite thing, the ears of pigs. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, this, uh, this next tale comes from uh, Beyond the Walls of Time. Dr. Herman V. Helprecht. Hell yeah. Was tired. <laughs> It was the middle of March 1892 and for weeks he had been working on his new book. Now the proofs that had arrived and he would soon have to send his brainchild out into the world. Its full title was The Babylonian Expedition of the University of Pennsylvania Series A Cuneiform Text Volume 1 Part 1 Old Babylonian Inscriptions Chiefly from Nippur. Jesus. <laughs> I can see why he was tired. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on this for months. <laughs> Finally, the title is finished. <laughs> he had to keep telling people on the phone. So what's the book called? <laughs> <laughs> 
And Herman Hilprecht <laughs> Just pass out and land on the floor There was too much breath needed to say it Oh, that's another four hours gone from passing out from saying the title again Herman Hilprecht, professor of Assyriology at the University of Pennsylvania What is that? Assyria Oh, okay, the ancient civilization Assyria uh, Assyriology at the University of Pennsylvania was not entirely satisfied Two small fragments of inscribed agate he thought they were parts of fingerings. <laughs> Uh-oh. What's your favourite part of a fingering, Ted? <laughs> when you make the dog come. <laughs> had resisted his best, best efforts as translator. Numerous similar fragments had been found in the Temple of Bel at Nippur, but in the present case, he had not been able to... He had not even been able to examine the originals, only a sketch of them. Despite these difficulties, Hilprecht, after weeks of study, had assigned to the fragments a date of between 1700 and 1140 BC, the Kassite period of Babylonian history. Also, quite a big... (laughs) 600 years. (laughs) It's somewhere in there. (laughs) Where do you want me to put the bed? It is saying a bunch of removal. It's either on the first or the 19th floor. (laughs) uh, I've narrowed it down to a space that is roughly the the same length as uh, my title of this book. (laughs) On one fragment, he thought he could decipher the cuneiform character KU and ascribe to the piece very tentatively to King... Karagazalu. Okay, I just have to jump in and say I have no idea what this one is about yet. <laughs> I'm so lost already. <laughs> so he's putting together. He's found like uh, fragments of uh, what he believes small fragments of like a uh, like a like a. St- this is I think this is it. Like an ancient sculpture. Yeah, like an ancient sculpture. He's found fa- fragments of what he thinks are parts of their finger rings. Okay. Yep. And he's found the characters. Oh, rings of a finger. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he's found the, the character. It has the characters KU. So the letters KU. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then it's going to say NT. Jozza <laughs> <laughs> <Jozo> was here. <laughs> well, that's why he believes it belongs to King uh, Kuras Gaz. Galzu. Yeah. With the KU. Okay, this makes sense. He's found a Stargate. He's got some fragments and yeah, he's found a Stargate. He's putting it together. (laughs) And then Kurt Russell's going to go straight through and uh, come out as Richard Dean Anderson on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) The other fragment, with much regret, he had to assign to the large group of unclassified Cassite fragments. The final proofs of his discussion were these unclassified pieces were now awaiting his approval. So basically, he doesn't know where these pieces are from. Okay. He's trying to guess where they're from, and his guess is bunch 600 of rubble, years. Bunch yep. of rubble. Some of it, he's like, it's because of this, and it's king this. The rest, he's like, fucking, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't know. It's a rock. There was no more he could do, and he reluctantly signed the proof sheets. It was around midnight. He was exhausted, as he often is. Yeah. And he went to bed. <laughs> he fell asleep almost immediately and dreamed a strange dream. A tall figure appeared to him, thin and clad in a simple robe, a priestly phantom from the Babylonian era. It seemed a man about 40 years old. Come with me, the figure said and beckoned the professor. Together they travelled in time until they came to the well. treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Two well-meaning but dopey teenagers. <laughs> They travelled in time until they came to the treasure chamber of the Temple of Bell. They entered a low-ceilinged room without windows. It was furnished with a large wooden chest, and the floor was strewn with fragments of a gate and lapis lazuli. <laughs> One of my favourite improvisers. <laughs> <laughs> the figure turned to him and said, The two fragments which you have published separately on pages 22 and 26 belong together. They are not finger rings. Their history is as follows. King Kurigazalu... 
uh, circa 1300 BC, uh. <laughs> once sent to the Temple of Bell, among other articles of a gate and lapis lazuli, and inscribed votive cylinder of a gay. Now this sentence, I do not understand wow. a word. No, <laughs> and also a phantom is telling him this. <laughs> and they've gone back in time. They're in a room. <laughs> that thing I've spent all day thinking about, I'm now in a dream. <laughs> then we priests received a command from him to make a pair of earrings of a gate for the statue of the god Ninibib. <laughs> Ninib. Ninib. I believe Ninib. there was a whole ancient civilization of people who just spoke in silly words. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to make fun of ancient dead civilizations. One hundred percent cool. Yeah. That There's was actually the original jokes were about the ancient. How <laughs> <laughs> As- Assyrian is he? <laughs> Three Assyrians walk into a bar. The first one orders a give it a gombo. <laughs> Nug nug, who's there? Ninib. <laughs> Ninib who? <laughs> Not Ninib who? Ninib. <laughs> we were we were in great dismay since there was no agate as raw material at hand. In order to carry out the king's command, there was nothing for us to do but cut the votive cylinder into three parts, thus making three rings each of which contained a portion of the original inscription. The first two rings served as earrings for the statue of the god. The two fragments which had given you so much trouble are portions of them. If you will put the two together, you will have the proof of my words to you. But the third ring you have not yet found during your excavations and you never will find it. Oh, no! (laughs) Sorry, I'm just a dream phantom. So saying, the priest disappeared. Helprecht woke up and immediately told his wife what had happened. Yeah, he's married. (laughs) (laughs) Even fucking Helprecht's got a lady. (laughs) The next day, a Sunday, he again... (laughs) I don't know why that detail is. (laughs) The next day, a Sunday, he again examined the fragments. The dream was true. By placing them together, he could read the original uh, inscription. To to the god Ninib... Son of Bell, his lord, has Karaguzul, <laughs> Pontifex of Bell, <laughs> uh, Ramalama Ding Dong. <laughs> Still tingling with excitement, Professor Hilprecht told his friend and colleague, Professor William Romain Newbold, of the experience and showed him the account of the dream he had written down while it was still fresh in his mind. Together they poured over the translation and the notes made from the f- when the fragments were discovered. Suddenly, Newbold noticed a problem. It all come from a fucking dream. <laughs> <laughs> According to the original descriptions by the archaeologist Dr. John P. Peters... <laughs> My middle name is also Peter <laughs> John Peter Peters <laughs> The two fragments were of different colours How could they originally have been part of the same piece? Professor Hilprecht acknowledged the difficulty And determined to examine the fragments themselves That summer when he visited the Istanbul Museum Where they were housed It's almost like he just fucking made it up <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Actually, I had a bit of a dream last night. Yeah, I dreamt it. I actually told my wife. She said, fuck off and never tell me these dumb stories again. If you wake me up at 2am to tell me King Scrubber Dubber (laughs) had two earrings, I will kill you. His journey to Istanbul was made on behalf of the Committee of the Babylonian Expedition to catalogue and study those objects preserved there from the Nippur excavations. He related his dream to Halle Bay. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Oscar winner Halle Bay? <laughs> That's crazy. 
What was what she was up to these days? <laughs> the director of the museum and asked if he might examine the fragments. Halle Bay agreed <laughs> enthusiastically. I found one fragment in one case and another in a case far away from it, Helbrecht wrote. When I, was pu- I put them together, the truth of my dream was demonstrated before my eyes. They had, in fact, once belonged to one and the same vaultive cylinder. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> As originally... It's also he can complete work on the Babylonian expedition of the University of Pennsylvania Series A cuneiform text. <laughs> As it had originally been of finely veined agate, the stonecutter's saw had accidentally divided the object in such a way that the whitish vein of the stone appeared only upon one fragment and the larger grey surface upon the other. Thus, I was able to explain Dr. Peter's disc- discordant description of the two fragments. Perhaps Professor Hilpact had, in his subconscious mind, solved the riddle of the fragments during his hours of study and devised a dramatic dream to bring its findings to his conscious attention. Perhaps Professor Hilpact's subconscious was clever enough to cons- construe a votive cylinder from two small fragments of a gate. <laughs> uh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> or could it be that the pe- priest of Bell travelled through 32 centuries to guide the latest guardian of his ancient treasures? <laughs> Now, listen, I've got some bad news for you. You've been a priest your whole life and you've died at 40. But you do get to visit the world and say one thing to one person. Would you like to visit your loved ones and tell them that you'll be fine? Would you like to visit someone and find out a secret you've always wanted to know? I want to tell a man that two rings that look the same fit together, please. <laughs> and that there's another one that he'll never find. <laughs> the third one, I'd start, I'd, I hid the third one. <laughs> I want to let him know. Up my asshole. That's where the third ring is. <laughs> Put it up there. I like the feeling of it. What are you going to do about it? I'm in heaven now. Too late. No take backs. <laughs> That's who you want to go see? Yep. Yeah. 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 The most boring professor. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll go visit him at about midday. Not dream. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to question it. <laughs> I want no one to believe him, and I want him to sound like a freaking fool. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get you dressed up in some cool ghost clothes. No, simple robe. <laughs> Into the stargate we go. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was a boring story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. A dream told me that two things that were the same go together, but I didn't think they went together. <laughs> but they did. <laughs> and, they, it turns out, and it turned out they didn't. He definitely forced it. <laughs> yeah, Paul McCartney yeah. wakes up from a dream and writes yesterday. This guy wakes up from a dream. He's like, oh, oh a, puzzle, a puzzle fits together. I got it. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to sleep with you know, things that like toddlers have with the square hole and the star <laughs> hole and the circle hole. He's like, been trying to put the square through the circle. <laughs> It's a square a square. I was visited in a dream by Mr. Fisher and Mr. Price. (laughs) (laughs) This next story, hopefully better, (laughs) is from the segment titled uh, The Unquiet Sky. Before the uh, perhaps the earliest record of a mysterious or miraculous fall from the sky occurs in chapter 10, verse 11. Of the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. This will be better. The Bible's an interesting read. (laughs) (laughs) The Israelites, led by Joshua, have uh, routed the Amorite army into in a surprise night attack, and are in hot pursuit. Okay, (laughs) wait. (laughs) There's more words I don't know in here. You don't know Amorite? (laughs) No, I don't know Amorite. I would have guessed that was a type of fucking rock that some dork was looking at (laughs) before he went to bed. (laughs) And as they fled before Israel. While they were going down the ascent of Beth Horan. (laughs) Is this a different book? (laughs) (laughs) The Lord threw down great stones from heaven upon them as far as as the car and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones that the men from Israel killed them, killed with the sword. 
Two verses after this, incidentally. Wait, read that again? Yeah, that one doesn't make any sense. (laughs) As they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down great stones from heaven upon them as far as Azekar, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the men of Israel killed with a sword. So more people died because God sent hailstones than Israel had killed with a sword. I heard then rather than than. So more than killed by a sword. I heard more and then they killed the hail with a sword. People were trying to slash them. (laughs) We're halving their power. (laughs) Two verses after this, incidentally, one of the most astonishing events in the Old Testament is described. The sun stands still until the Israelites have avenged themselves. Whatever the explanation of this may be, we shall find many accounts in later centuries of motionless, bright, aerial discs. So the book has gone to claim. (laughs) This this is crazy. (laughs) Because there have been stories in previous episodes where the source is like, someone told me. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. This one is literally... Something pretty freaky happened in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) And their explanation is... Aliens? (laughs) Aliens? Yeah. <laughs> you do see those things where it's like, look at this ancient painting from like back in the day, somewhere mm. between 1700 and 1 BC. <laughs> uh, a perfectly fine estimation of time to guess. And I, <laughs> but uh, it, it, they'll be like, look at that in the sky. It's like a weird, it looks like a flying saucer. <laughs> but people believed in crazy shit forever. And like, yeah, the sun, I don't know, man. I don't give a shit what they thought happened. They were wrong about it. <laughs> but it, also like... I don't know, like, you know how you can look at the sun and be like, look away, look back, and like, same fucking spot. It hasn't moved at all. <laughs> like, how would they know? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Ra? Ra's gone. <laughs> and it's also like, yes, of course God sent the hailstones, but who made pause yeah. the sun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rain was God. That light on the sky, alien, I think. <laughs> Probably. Here's us just riffing on the Bible. <laughs> like, that's what they were doing in this book. No sources. No questions. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what about the hailstones came from God? Crazy. If, we get, if there's a story in this book where it's like, and then the virgin gave birth <laughs> to a kid who went on to be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, if that's the whole background narrative of this <laughs> book is that miracles are real. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Okay. All right. That this, was unquiet skies as well. Not even the religion section. There that was, was a miracle the, the, section. Mm. Yeah, there, that wasn't a miracle. That was aliens. Christ. Yes, it possibly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is from Monsters and More. Here we go. Uh, Gong Yulan is a peasant woman who lives in the Qishang commune in Hubei province, central China. Uh, June 19th, 1976 was a day like any other, except that Gong Yulan had run out of grass for her pigs. So she took her four-year-old son and climbed up a mountain to gather a supply. As mother and son crossed a pass, they saw a large, moving red object about 90 feet away. The woman stopped and stared at what turned out to be a strange, hairy animal rubbing its back against a tree. <laughs> Later in an interview... That's the with biggest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> bigger than the biggest German shepherd. <laughs> Later in an interview with scientists, she described how it had scratched itself. It stood just like a man, like this, she said, demonstrating by rubbing her shoulder against a wall. <laughs> Watching it, she became frightened by its strangeness. She scooped up her child and ran. To her horror, the creature came after her, uttering cries that sounded like, ya yeah, ya. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> child in arms, Gong Yulan, Yulan ran a quarter of a mile to the house of her commune brigade leader. 
His wife, who met her at the door, recalled, When Gong arrived at my house, the beads of sweat on her forehead were as big as soybeans. <laughs> <laughs> Why does nobody... <laughs> nobody can measure anything normally. <laughs> With the size of a small German shepherd's eyes. Yeah, whoever's writing this book always asks for weird size references. <laughs> yeah, she was really sweaty, but how sweaty? <laughs> <laughs> Compare oh, it to something. Oh, yeah. it's like a centimetre wide. Yeah, but yeah. like it's something in your yeah. life that you could... <laughs> the forehead were as big as soybeans. She kept saying, wild man. Hairs were subsequently removed from the tree against which the creature had scratched itself and were examined at the Beijing Medical Institute. It was descri- decided that the hairs were not from a bear but resembled those of the higher primates, including man. Like an orange higher primate. Hmm. <laughs> Alas, there are none. No. If only there was some type of ape whose name even had orange in it. That could be a big. Wait a minute. A hog. <laughs> oh yeah, the yaya. The yaya. Uh, and orangutan sounds like like yaya. Yeah, orangutans in China, right? I th- they're Asian for sure. They're from the Asian continent. That's fine. I don't yeah. know where specifically. <laughs> I reckon we pontificate a little bit longer. <laughs> I think they may be from Thailand. Orangutans. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just a German man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Run away. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's yeah, actually just yeah. Ben Queller. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the lead singer of Offspring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Also, like, it, to her horror, the creature came after her. Whatever it is, mm. wild man, monkey, bear, anything, yep. y- you walk over, you see it, it's like, eh, 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 <laughs> scratching its back, and then you run. It's probably going to run after you. Yeah, be like, no, it's not what you think. <laughs> I was scratching. It's, it was for my shoulders. No. I wasn't aroused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is not the word I say when I come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's just big, huge soybeans across her face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No orangutans in China. Borneo and Sumatra. Borneo and Sumatra. Let me just double check where this was. Although that does say, it says they're native to um, Indonesia and Malaysia and currently only found in Borneo and Sumatra. So maybe in the 70s, they were still in China. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe. there was one Let's big say one. yes Well there's one big one Or some other monkey Or a bear With just slightly different fur Big red head Yeah And like It's very I don't know why She thinks that it wouldn't Have just been an ape <laughs> or an <Yeah. laughs> Wild man Because there's no other Real description of, of this animal He's like, scratching himself On the tree That's the most Animalistic thing ever And most of the time they In this book They give descriptions Of like And it had hands That were this big And it, it had a weird yeah, yeah. face And, and it, it had looked at me And I reckon A woman Who Who her entire life Is Mostly just running out of grass. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't up to date on what animal options there are out there. Sure. <laughs> That's no pig. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my son and it's not pigs, wild man. <laughs> it's not a pig, must be my son. Oh, he's in my arms. <laughs> what that- the fuck is that? <laughs> and grass is not red. What is this? <laughs> I'm going to go find the brigade leader and tell him. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even look for it or anything. It didn't say there. Like often, it's like in a search was conducted. Yeah. Oh wait, no, they did. They went and got hair. Off they the went tree. and got the hair. Mm. True, a scientist did as well. <laughs> but then the scientist decided. What did they decide? <laughs> the, uh, it was a great ape. Great ape. Oh right. So it wasn't orangutan. 
that somehow found its way to China. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, get me a taxi. I'm, I'm where I am. I <laughs> say Borneo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Single mother. Raising pigs. Yes. <laughs> On her own. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> oh, my God. My hands are all over this tree. I'm fucking molting. <laughs> yes. Grass. <laughs> <laughs> How'd she end up so short on grass for her pigs? I know. <laughs> All right, this is the final. This is the final tale. Okay, this is from in the realm of miracles. The Assyrian king. Oh no! <laughs> no, 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 no. On May thirteenth, nineteen seventeen, a vision appeared to three shepherd children yes. near the village of Fatima in Portugal. On the on a cloud that hovered above an oak tree, they saw the shining figure of a woman, a beautiful lady from heaven. The lady told the children, Lucia, 10, Francisco, 9, and Jacinta, 7, to meet her in the same place on the 13th of every month until October. (laughs) (laughs) It was currently (laughs) September. (laughs) A month later, about 50 people gathered to see the apparition. (laughs) Some of them claimed to see a cloud above the tree, but only the children saw the lady herself. A larger crowd assembled the following month, but again, the lady was visible to all but the children. To was invisible. Was, was invisible to all those the children. three children specifically. Those three children. Oh, God. <laughs> By now, here's a photo of uh, the children. If you want to have a look at them. Oh, uh, yep. Look like fucking liars. <laughs> <laughs> those looks like some kids who's been caught out. They also all look like tiny grandmothers. Yeah. they do. They look. It's because they're all doing the thing where you've got a where you have no expression in old photos. Mm. Um. By now, there was considerable opposition to the story. <laughs> so two months in, people are like, hang on. <laughs> I've been back two months in a row. <laughs> and the unwelcome publicity was, it was bringing to the district. And on August 13th, the children were arrested by the local prefect. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Escalated quickly. <laughs> Jesus. Two days of interrogation failed to make them change their testimony. Two days? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Holy shit. 1917. And weird year. 10 years old. <laughs> 10, 9, and 7. Yes. Fucking hell. Uh, on the 19th of the month, the lady again appeared to them, this time at uh, Valenhos, not far from Fatima, and told them that they would see her again for the last time on October 13th. A crowd of... 50,000 gathered. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Portugal are fucking boring. (laughs) God damn. If you're ever like, especially like this time, like how did ever like a world war ever start? If 50,000 people are showing up to see a lady that some big kid spotted in a cloud, like, yeah, I think they're going to go. This Austrian guy's pretty loud. (laughs) Something to do. The fifty crowd of 50,000 gathered on a wet and dismal day to see the last apparition. It was raining out as well. You can't even get people to go to ship when it's raining here now, and it's good. (laughs) 50,000. Fucking. This time, the shining lady, again invisible to all but the children. These three children specifically. Not just like every child who's there. These three children. These three children specifically. This time, the shining lady, again, invisible to all but the children, announced her identity. She was Our Lady of the Rosary, and she told them three secrets about the future. Then something shocking happened. The rain suddenly stopped and the sun came out. (laughs) Something that had never happened before. (laughs) At first it seemed to start spinning and then it began to plunge crazily down to the earth. The sun? Yeah. The sun. Oh, boy. 
Uh-oh. The crowd was terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> this is worse than the time in that Bible where the sun didn't even move. I'd rather it not be moving right now, honestly. It's like, oh, well, well yeah, that will teach all 50,000 of you. you got to see a lady talking in a cloud. <laughs> the crowd was terrified. After a moment, the sun returned to its normal position. And then twice more repeated the same maneuver. Oh, Thank shit. goodness! Spinning, coming down to the earth. Later, people found that their clothing, which had been soaked in the downpour, <laughs> was now covered in piss. <laughs> <laughs> was in fact quite dry. <laughs> so the sun's been out. <laughs> <laughs> and spinning. Yeah, spin cycle. That's where that term comes from. The two younger children, Francisco and Francisco and Jacinta, died during the influenza epidemic of 1918-19. Oh no, the Spanish uh, Lu- flu. Lucia <laughs> learned that's what that would have been. Lucia learned to read and write and recorded the secrets the lady had told her. The first was a vision of hell. The second may be a reference to World War Two. This is what uh, the war, World War One, is uh, coming to an end. But if people do not cease to offend the Lord, another and more terrible one will break out during the next pontificate. When you see the night lit up by a great unknown light, know that it is a sign that God gives you of that punishment of the world by another war, famine, and persecution of the church and of the Holy Father. Ugh. That's quite the freaking secret. Yeah, I wish <laughs> this kid hadn't learned to write. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this one had been taken in the influence. <laughs> During the next uh, pontificate, that of Pius uh, the, uh, the 11th, Hitler annexed Austria in January... 1938, two months before this, to this prelude to World War II, the people of Western Europe beheld an extraordinary display of lights in the night sky. Hmm. They lasted for two hours and were so bright that in the Alps, night workers were able to see without artificial light. The lights were described as a rare form of the Aurora Borealis. Ah, at this time of year. <laughs> in this part of the country. <laughs> what fucking night work are they doing in the Alps? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta build this mountain, boys. <laughs> I think it must be like a 7-Eleven or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> in accordance with uh, Lucia's instructions, her record of the lady's third secret was reportedly opened by Pope John the 23rd in 1960. What the message said has never been made public. But according to you one, you can account- find the third ring inside the asshole of a mummy. Nice <laughs> <laughs> area. But according to one account, the Pope told some of those closest to him in the Vatican that what he read there almost made him faint with horror. <laughs> uh oh, boy! The Catholic Church will be brought down by the, <laughs> the horrible we'll abuse that each and every one of them. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, I'm gonna faint. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> So no one's ever, none of the people he told have ever said what the third no secret one ever was? said. Almost made him faint with horror. What was the first secret? I think the, it was a vision of hell, and then the oh, second right. one was World War Two. Yeah, the, well, right? the first was a vision of hell. The second may be a reference to World War Two. The right. light in the sky, and God will be angry. It'll start yeah, these are the secrets. Yeah, yeah. And the, I think the other one was um, the entire script of Spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? A vision of hell is incredibly vague. Yeah, a vision of hell isn't a secret. Yeah, <laughs> the cloud lady gave me a secret. She said hell's coming <laughs> You're the fucking creepiest kid <laughs> Well there's gonna be a light in the sky <laughs> She said it come back uh, Every 30th uh, Those things October, as well Then she never come back again Being in the middle of the biggest war of all time Going like Reckon there's gonna be another war yeah, 50 yeah. Yeah. thousand people Yeah Just showed up in Portugal being like Oh, okay. <laughs> Holy shit, you see the crap the sun just did? <laughs> I'm dry as a bone out here. 
<laughs> and that's not bigger than why aren't we talking about the sun spiraling to earth <laughs> yeah her secret like drawing a fucking picture of a man with goat feet they're like oh it's hell and then the sun fucking went wild yeah. 50,000 people saw the sun just like twirl to earth and this was in early 1900s right yeah so there was people who by then they understood how the sun worked and that, that <laughs> Definitely. doesn't happen and not one of the 50,000 was like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's one of us write this down. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait until two of the kids die and Dude, get the third yeah, one to write it. If that's happening to the sun, we better look after these kids. I oh, know they're coughing. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hell. that's pretty crazy. I want to know what that third secret is. Yeah. I think you only can find out through the Catholic Church. Stacey actually gave better hand job on. Just gossip. <laughs> I'm the one who broke the window with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe in yourself Anything is possible <laughs> What was her name? The kid who survived? Uh, Lucia And um... Lucia Portuguese I'm gonna Like this one For whatever reason Because there's a secret That I don't know <laughs> The um, message of Fatima Fatima Is the The town they were from Okay And where the apparition Of the Our Lady of the Rosary Appeared in a cloud And everyone was like <laughs> Here we go. The three secrets of Fatima consist of a series of apocalyptic visions and prophecies which were supposedly given to three young Portuguese shepherds. I mean, I'm just repeating this Fuck story. Yeah. Can you find out what the third secret is? Let's try and have a look. Because this was written in the 80s, this book. This was written in the 80s. Maybe the, the Pope's come out and been like, heads up, here's what the third yeah. secret was. I'm about to die, but this is important. Okay, first secret. Yeah, we know. Um, the hell. Second secret, World well, War II. I want to know specifically what the hell was, though. Our lady showed us a great sea of fire which seemed to be under the earth, plunged into this fire with demons. Okay, fucking hell. <laughs> uh, the second Literally s- fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> the second secret was a statement that World War One would end, a prediction that there'd be another one j- during, yeah, Pope Pius XI. Well you. done, kids. You picked another war. Yeah. I reckon they've called this one World War One. I. I reckon that means there's going to be another. <laughs> it's going to go all the way through to Z. <laughs> Sister Lucia chose not to disclose the third secret in her memoir of August 1941. In 1943, she fell seriously ill with influenza. She died of the flu as well, I guess. Suck shit. Bishop Silver <laughs> visiting, suggested that she write the third secret down, blah, blah, blah. But because Carmelite obedience requires that orders from superiors be regarded as coming directly from God, she was in a quandary. She didn't want to write it down, but a Catholic priest forced her to do something she didn't want to do. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Let's guess what was on this. <laughs> The third secret. And he's like, oh, no, don't tell anyone that secret. The different secret. <laughs> the text of the third secret, according to the Vatican, was published on June 26, 2000. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy shit. I love an update. Oh, boy. We should start doing this for more of them. The third part of the secret revealed at the Cova da Iria Fatima. At the Cova. <laughs> da Iria Fatima. On the 13th of July, 1917, I write in obedience to you, my God, who command me to do so through his excellency, the Bishop of Liaria. And blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Mother and my, yeah yeah yeah. After the two parts, which I've already explained, at the left of okay, da, 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 da. I'm gonna faint. Wait, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand. We haven't heard this part yet. No. Flashing, it gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire. But they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards <laughs> him from her right hand, pointing to the earth with his right hand. This. Fucking lady was God. crazy. <laughs> penance, 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 penance weird. the angel. <laughs> we saw in the immense light of God something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. 
Reflection. We had the impression that it was a holy father, a bishop, blah, blah, blah. Big cross killed by a group of soldiers and fired bullets and arrows at him. What the fuck? Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, each with a crystal aspersorium in his hand. Someone who's suffering with aspersorium. <laughs> in which they gathered up the blood look up what that is? of the martyrs and with it sprinkled the souls there, making their way to God. But after explaining the differences between public and private... This isn't a fucking secret. This is nonsense. <laughs> I reckon these dumb freaking kids didn't know what they were freaking on about. The purpose of the vision is not to show a film of an irrevocably fixed f- future... Its meaning is exactly the opposite. It is meant to mobilize the forces of change in the right direction. Therefore, we must totally discount the fatalistic expectations of the secret, such as, for example, the claim that the would-be assassin of 13th of May 1981 was merely an instrument of the divine plan guided by providence. Everyone involved with religion is fucking crazy. <laughs> it's insane that people hear others talk like this and go yeah. like, wow, he's smart. It's like they're trying to fill out a word count on an essay. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore... <laughs> <laughs> um, I like. I'm still amazed that these three kids, month three, still got 50, of no one seeing anything of fifty thousand people. To, uh, it's just impressive. Yeah. Okay, so she saw like a big day out couldn't do it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but these three kids were able to get them back to month yeah. after month. <laughs> the fire fest of 1917. <laughs> okay, so she saw an uh, an angel above the shoulder of this fucking thing, and that made the made him the faint. Pope almost faint with horror. It, it shot fire out of its sword, and it was like apocalyptic looking. And in the present day, they've gone like, oh, nukes, oh, right? And I guess okay. this Pope would have known about nukes. Because yeah. it was the 40s when she 1960, told him. 1960, when you told him. Right, yeah. so they had nukes by then. So everything was fucking about nukes in the 60s. They love nukes. Yeah. They love the nukies. But I reckon with that they're never going to happen, nukes. I reckon, let's do a countdown right now to when it <laughs> won't definitely happen. <laughs> Ten. Wait, I'm seeing a vision. Uh, March 27th, 2019. Well, I guess you might as well buy tickets to my comedy festival show, seeing as you won't be alive. If we can get 50,000 people to come to our comedy festival show, <laughs> tell every Portugal, Portuguese child you know and get them. <laughs> we do all have them, and it's no secret. We'll tell this to any fucking pope. <laughs> we have comedy festival shows happening from the 27th of March through to the 19th of April. 21st of April. 21st of April. Whatever weekend Easter Sunday is. Uh, that's the last day of the shows. Buy tickets, come and see us do stand up if you like. Luca, what are the details of your show? My show is called Ha Ha Cool. It's at Trades Hall at six thirty. Just look it up online, you freaking legends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is all in Melbourne. Yeah, right? jump and on that um, comedy festival website. And uh, my show, uh, my name's Peter Jones, <laughs> and my show is called. Uh, they call me Peter Jones. Good morning, how are you? I'm Peter Jones. Uh, yeah, you can find it on yeah. the website. Just look for our names on the website, comedyfestival.com.au. My name's Adam Knox, and I have a fucking one as well. Look What's the title so- of it? Look at our socials. Look at Muller, Peter the Jones, Adam G. G. Knox, or Knoxtagram. Yep. And uh, jump on the socials for uh, the podcast as well. We've got a, we got an Instagram at Ooh Spooky, and also on the Facebook and the Twitter, also at Ooh Spooky. And if you can rate and review it and share the podcast, that's the best thing you can We'd do. We'd love that. Yeah, Tell love people that. about the podcast. Podcast. We go the extra mile and look up updates to these stories, <laughs> even if they make no fucking sense at all. I've heard people who listen to this tell me that they do that as well. So if you look up any stories we talk about and find any cool shit, send it to us, tweet it to us and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Or this- any or just any unrelated spooky stories. It's great. I love seeing it. Yeah, that. actually, if you what's our email address? 
<laughs> Good haunted podcast email at gmail.com. Yeah, if you send a spooky story, maybe we'll do a, a, a listener's spooky oh, stories episode. Yeah, send it. We get a few together. Yeah. That'd be cool. It's haunted podcast email, all one word. <laughs> and what's the password? At gmail.com. Or just like DM them to our socials or something. That'll do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, either way, we'll be back next week with five more spooky stories. Hopefully all of them make sense next week. But if they don't, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still make it to the end of the episode. <laughs> See you next week.